Welcome, everyone, to episode 334 of the Thumbstick Athletes Podcast. I'm your host, Dan. I'm Corey. Just me and Corey today. Uh, Eric is currently Star Warsing it up. He was lucky enough to get in on the premiere night. He bought tickets, like, wasn't it like two months ago? Yeah, it was a while ago. Maybe, maybe even longer, but it was a while ago when he bought tickets, and uh, yeah, that came out tonight. And Will is currently studying for finals and doing last-minute stuff for final projects, so he is also not joining us this week. Uh, but that's fine, as long as we're all here for the thummies. Right? That's all that matters. That is all that matters. Corey, do you have anything you want to tease? Oh, I should say our topic for today is the Game Awards recap. And Corey, do you have anything you want to tease for later on in the episode? Uh, yeah, so I played the new Hearthstone expansion, which is Kobolds and Catacombs, which I'm actually excited to talk about, Dan, because uh, I think it's something that might interest you. Okay. And nice. it also... What else did I play? Shoot. Oh, um, I played Old Man. Uh, Old Man's Journey or something like that. Oh, I've heard of that. The name of it. I played it on mobile, but I'm pretty sure it's also on PC. Mm-hmm. And then I played another mobile game that the name escapes me. You can see how prepared I am for today. Uh, it's I think it's is it Bury Me, My Love? That sounds familiar. Or something like that. It was one of the games nominated for the Game Awards. So when we get to it, I'll be like, that's the one I played. Okay, cool. Uh, and that's that's it, other than the usuals. Okay. Yeah, I played the new Breath of the Wild DLC, Champion's Ballad. Uh, and I'm almost finished with it, so I can give good a uh, good impression of what, what that entails. So played a lot of Breath of the Wild this week, despite having Xenoblade 2, if that tells you anything. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so Game Awards. So uh, we're going to do the awards first, and then we'll talk about the announcements and the trailers that were there. Uh, but I want to give Jeff Keeley all the credit in the world for putting the Game Awards together. It was unbelievable. It gets better and better every year. It's more and more feeling like an actual, like like on par with like the Oscars or the Grammys or something like that. It was really the production quality in this year's was was fantastic. I thought um, very very professional, very well put together. Um, so well well done to him. Uh, and I still. This is shocking to me, but I still read on like message boards and stuff that people are surprised and disappointed that something like the Game Awards exists. Why? And these are people that post on gaming forums or comment on gaming. I have no idea Um, because everyone wants their work recognized and rewarded. You know, Mm -hmm. everyone they pour their heart and souls in these games. They deserve to be recognized for it. So uh, I'm really glad something like this exists. So it's also to to um, hell with those people. Yeah, and I, I sort of look at it as like a, a little time capsule of the year, you know, because mm-hmm. for movies and stuff, it's a lot of times that's how I get informed of what movies are worth seeing. Are there exceptions? Of course, like, you know, sometimes things get nominated that shouldn't have and, yeah. and sometimes things don't get nominated that should have. Um, but I think it's a like it's a pretty good little artifact of the year, you know, yeah. the year in gaming or for the Oscars, you know, the year in, the year in movies and you know, TV would be the Emmys and the Golden Globes and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, I, I think I, I could see why people would be upset, but to wish it didn't exist, I don't know, just kind of blows my or mind. Or to be surprised that it doesn't exist. Like, you are, you clearly are into video games. If you're commenting on a video game story about the Game Awards or on a, you know, a message board. So why are you so surprised that something like that exists? It's just, it, yeah. that, I don't know. 
maybe it was a troll. Could have been a troll. And if that if that's the case, then they job well done, sir or madam. Yep. 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 Um, it's, it's Russia, Dan. I'm I'm convinced. <laughs> All of the trolling and hate and stuff we see so often on the internet is just a massive Russian campaign to destroy America from within. I could s- totally see that. Totally see that. <laughs> yeah. Smart. It's working. Well, yeah. I mean, a lot of the stuff that you read, uh, this is an aside, but a lot of the stuff you read is shocking and you're surprised that anyone would even think these thoughts. Mm-hmm. And that could be the reason why is because no one actually does think these thoughts. It's just... Uh, Russian people stirring yep. the pot. Well, to talk about recent news with the FCC's net neutrality repeal, or yeah. I don't know if repeal is the right word, but anyway, they they shot it down today. They overturned, I guess, with the ruling. Uh-huh. Um, so net neutrality is on its way out. But they there were some numbers about how many of those messages on message boards were traced back to Russian bots, essentially. Yeah, and the numbers were staggering. <laughs> so there you go. It's ugly, ugly yeah. stuff. Anyway, onto a more positive thing: the Game Awards. So, um, the first award is for best Chinese game. So this is a fan-voted award to recognize the most popular game in China, as judged by the Game Awards viewers in China. Okay. Um, so yeah, the the nominees were Monument Valley Two, Gumballs, Icy Corey, which I know you have. Yes. King of Glory and JX3 HD, with the winner being JX3 HD. Um, okay, I did not play Monument Valley two. Did play the first one. Mm-hmm. Uh, did play a little bit of Icy, and I enjoyed it. Uh, yeah, but I think I've that's, heard good that, things. That's, it's the only thing uh, I have to say about that. King of Glory looks like it's a MOBA of some sort, maybe a uh, mobile MOBA. Okay. Uh, Gumballs looks. I don't know what that looks like. JX3 HD. Yeah, I can't really tell what that looks. Did like you either. say these were also made in China? I know Icy was made in China. Other than that, I don't know the rest okay. of them. Interesting. So that's that best debut indie game presented by Shik Hydro. Uh, <laughs> so this is recognized a new independent studio that released its first game in 2017. Uh, winner selected by fan voting, and the nominees are Slime Rancher by Monomi Park, mm. uh, Cuphead by Studio MDHR, Mr. Shifty by Team Shifty, Hollow Knight by Team Cherry, and Golf Story by Sidebar Games, uh, with the winner being Cuphead by Studio MDHR. Uh, no way. I don't know. Don't know. What up, Reefer? Um... Yeah, I don't know. I, I guess without getting too in depth, I'm not as big on Cuphead as most people are. Uh, yeah. Again, I'll I'll repeat what I said when we did our episode on it. It's it's more style than anything, which is fine. It has a great well, style, but I that's think, where it ends with me. I think that's why they won this award for Independent Studio, just because of the monumental undertaking making that game was. Yeah, uh, as opposed to the other ones, I think that's where that's where they won this particular award. Fair enough. That, that makes sense. That's, that's my take on it. Yeah. Best esports team. The esports team judged to be the most outstanding for performance in 2017, uh, inclusive of multi-team organizations. So the nominees are S- SK Telecom One, Lunatic High, Team Liquid, Phase Clan, and Cloud Nine. With Cloud Nine winning, uh, I yeah, 
I have no no input there. Don't know much about it. The only input I have is FaZe Clan, I think is the same as Team FaZe, right? The guy at the bar with the with that Alyssa Instagram star girl. Or maybe she's a YouTuber. I don't I don't know, but that's the only <laughs> that's the only information I have on that. Yeah, not sure. I'm familiar with that debacle. I watch the videos. It's yeah. it's pretty funny stuff. I mean, and I've I, heard of I've heard of some of these. I've heard of Cloud Nine. I've heard of Team Liquid, but I just know nothing about them. Yeah. Yep. I wish I could get more into esports, but just can't. You know. Uh, uh, yeah, it's tough. Along the same lines, best esports player, uh, esports player, just to be the most outstanding performer in 2017, irrespective of game. So the first one is uh, the nominees are Lee Sang Hayuk or Faker, as he's known of, known as uh, Kuro. I'm going to butcher these names just so you know. Kuro Salehi Takhasomi or Kuro Kai. Uh, Jay Hong Ryu or Ryu Jay Hong. Uh, Nikola Kovac or Nico. And Marcelo David or Cold Zera, uh, with the winner being Faker, Lee Sang Hayuk. Uh, SK Tele- on team SK SK Telecom won League of Legends. Nice, yeah. Uh, best esports game for the game that has delivered the best overall esports experience to players, uh, inclusive of tournaments, community support, and content updates, irrespective of genre or platform. The nominees are Counter Strike Global Offensive, Overwatch, Rocket League, League of Legends, and Dota Two. Obviously, all heavy hitters there. With the winner being Overwatch. No surprise, really, no for surprise. me. Uh, of course, selfishly, I would prefer Rocket League. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd be curious to see how this changes in the next couple years. Because I feel like the gaming community um, as a whole, Overwatch is the popular choice. But I feel like like mainstream, maybe people who aren't into video games as much, Rocket I think Rocket League, League yep. would appeal more. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And I think um, we talked a little bit about this when when we talked about the nibble bit for NBC, and you know, there I forget which channel they're bringing on uh, Rocket League e- to, as, as one of their esports. So I think I think we'll see uh, Rocket League take off a little bit more in the next couple of years. Absolutely, it's definitely the easiest to understand if you've never watched, if you've never played Overwatch. Uh, trying to understand what's going on is impossible. Uh, I mean, I think like a game like Counter Strike is not super hard to understand, but. Uh, Understanding the strategy and skill that goes into that, I, I yep. think, is a, little, is a little more difficult. But yeah, Rocket League is is very easy to understand. You know, yeah, it's uh, you know, it's it's like the sports that everybody loves. You got to mm-hmm. get the thing and the goal, and that's yep. you know, that's easy to understand. <laughs> yep, absolutely. Uh, trending gamer. So this is an award that goes uh, streamer, influencer, or media member who has made an important impact on the industry this calendar year. The nominees are. Uh, Andrea Renee from What's Good Games, Clint Lexa, who's half coordinated, uh, Mike Gersik from Sh- uh, Shroud, uh, Steven Spawn Spawn from Able Gamers, and Guy Bream, who is Doctor Disrespect, and the winner is Doctor Disrespect. He's got cool. a su- sweet mustache. Yeah, no comment for me. Again, uh, no no familiarity, unfortunately. The only one I know is Andrea Renee, and I've heard of Able Gamers. So. Oh, that's true. Yeah, I, I know Andrea Renee. Yeah, not per- not personally. <laughs> right, but, right. Yes. Know of her. Yeah. Uh, next category is best student game. So this is awarded to the best student project created at the high school or college level. 
Uh, so the the nominee games are Level Squared, Meaning, Impulsion, Falling Sky, Hollowed, and From Light, with the winner being Level Squared. Uh, all these games look really neat, though, and definitely things that I would be interested in trying. Yeah, I um, I didn't I didn't look at any of these games, but I probably should. I'd be curious to see. They look. One of them in particular looks like a really well shot Falling Sky. Looks like a really well shot movie, but blended with like game gra- graphics. It's really interesting looking. Dope. All right, best independent game for outstanding creative and technical achievement in a game made outside the traditional publisher system. Uh, the nominees are Night in the Woods by Infinite Fall, What Remains of Edith Finch by Giant Sparrow, and Annapurna Interactive, Hellblades, Newest Sacrifice by Ninja Theory, Pyre by Supergiant Games, and Cuphead by Studio MDHR. And the winner was Cuphead. Ah, again, <laughs> I, I said sure. it earlier, I'll say it again. It's all style. Uh, didn't really do much of anything for me. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, um, I mean, I, I've i only played Cuphead and Pyre. Really, really interested in Hellbra- Hellblade. Um, what Remains of Edith Finch looks interesting. Uh, Night in the Woods I didn't really know anything about. That's the only one I didn't know much about. Yeah, I, I'm going to try to play Night in the Woods before the end of the year because I've heard such good things. Same with What Remains of Edith Finch, but uh, from what I understand, that's sort of a visual novel vignettes yep. kind of thing. And I just... yeah. I get it, and sometimes I really appreciate that, but I just I have such a limited capacity to take in that kind of game that yeah. I just have to be super selective. So if somebody came to me and said this is the best one of those this year, then maybe I would give it a give it a shot. But yeah, um, I don't know yet. But yeah, for me, um, one of the, one of the most important ahead. things for me in games is gameplay, and those type of games don't really have much in the way of gameplay. You know? Yeah. So. And that's the thing, too. Like, g- give me gameplay and a good story over just an awesome story, you know? Yeah. Yep. Otherwise, I'd rather watch the animated series or, you know, I'd rather watch the movie or whatever. Sure. All right. Next award is most anticipated game. Now, some of these awards were not announced live, which is one of the few complaints I've actually seen about about this uh this year's award ceremony. Some of the awards were, they just announced the winners. Some of them, they uh, didn't do like when they did the award live, they didn't do uh, list off the nominees, which that's that I think, which I feel like is a valid complaint for, for the game awards. I would rather they extend the show and award everything there. Um, you know, they could, I guess do away with the esports stuff. I don't care as much about that, but that's personal preference, I guess. So most anticipated game award to an upcoming game that has shown significant ambition and promise. Title must be announced and scheduled for release after December 7th, 2017. So the nominees were Marvel Spider-Man, Red Dead Redemption 2, Monster Hunter World, God of War, and The Last of Us Part 2, with The Last of Us Part 2 being the winner. Not much surprise there. Um, No, but what about you personally, Dan? What am I most looking forward to? Yeah, most anticipated on this list. I mean, the only one I'm likely to play is Monster Hunter World. No interest in Red Dead Redemption 2, huh? I hated the first one. Hate's a strong word. Did you really oh, hate it? Or I did hated you just... it. Okay. Yeah, it was, it, I hated it as much as I hated Grand Theft Auto 4. Like, I'm playing this, and I actively hate it while I'm playing it, but I'm still playing it. 
type of thing. Do you remember why you hated it? I just remember it being boring, like uh, literally a chore to play. Um, it's been a long time now, but I remember specifically like in Red Dead Redemption, uh, the parts in Mexico, which yeah. is dull, dull as yeah, dirt. And that's that's the pretty common complaint. I think we've come a long way since then. Yeah, uh, open world games have come a long way since then. So I, I'm I'm curious to see. I'm also not a fan of the whole Rockstar bit, you yeah. know. So it's like I haven't played Grand Theft Auto Five, uh, so I ca- I can't comment on that. But I, I also hated Grand Theft Auto Four. Yeah, I ended up beating it, but it was literally a chore to get through for me. Yeah, um, I'm a big westerns fan, so I would probably put Red Dead Redemption Two at the top of this list. But uh, I'm also excited for Monster Hunter World. Also excited to see what happens with The Last of Us Part Two. Yeah, uh, Eric. Eric is the lone Last of Us voice on this podcast. <laughs> um, I played it and just thought the story was good, and that's where it ended with me. Yeah, same here. Um, but yeah, I'm. I would love to play God of War. That's if I had to pick one, it's that's probably the one. Um, but the likelihood of me playing it's not very good. So, mm-hmm. all right. Next up, best multiplayer. For outstanding online multiplayer gameplay and design, including co-op and massively multiplayer experiences, irrespective of game genre. So the nominees are PUBG, Player Unknown's Battlegrounds, Fortnite, Call of Duty, World War II, Splatoon 2, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, and Destiny 2, with the winner being PUBG. Player Unknown's Battlegrounds. I'm actually kind of surprised. Are you? Um yeah i would have put fortnite if i were a betting man i would have put fortnite ahead of it and i'm only basing that on anecdotal evidence um a lot of well not a lot but the the handful of people in my office that play games uh have tried PUBG and prefer fortnite 100 percent to it and they're the type of hard what's the what's the phrase uh i'm looking for bro gamer you know what i mean like the person who plays just the popular games okay uh, they're that kind of person so i i don't know i'm, I'm a little surprised by that but yeah. it is what it is i guess i don't really care uh good to I, see splatoon 2 on there though yeah splatoon 2 and mario kart 8 yeah um for this one i don't know i the, the only ones i played are splatoon 2 and mario kart 8 so i don't know i think that's why like I think best multiplayer game is just too too generic, too vague. You know, it's like okay, well, I don't know. Not that our awards are are much better. Uh, What did we decide on multiplayer? It's co op or competitive, competitive or co op experience. Best multiplayer experience. Yeah. Okay. Which can even be couch couch co op. Yeah. Well, it's 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 an interest of saving time, and also like I barely played any multiplayer games this year, so to have a separate category for both competitive and co op would would be nutty. So, uh, next category: best sports sports or racing game. Uh, the nominees are Project Cars Two, Fuller's on Motorsport Seven, Pro Evo Twenty Eighteen, NBA Two K Eighteen. Uh, GT Sport, which is Gran Turismo Sport, and FIFA 18, with the winner being Forza 7. Uh, little comment for me, other than the categorization 
I've, I struggle to compare sports games to racing games, but that's yep. just me. I think there's yeah, because especially a like for both, but the three racing games here are more simulation type racing games than arcadey type racing games. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I get it in the interest of of time and whatever resources uh, combine them, but I, I don't know. I, I feel like it's a little apples to oranges there. Yeah, definitely. Next category, best strategy game. So this is the best game focused on real-time or turn-based strategy gameplay, irrespective of platform. The nominees are Tooth and Tail, Total War Warhammer 2, XCOM 2 War of the Chosen, Mario and Rabbids Kingdom Battle, and Halo Wars 2, with the winner being Mario and Rabbids Kingdom Battle. Good pick. It is a good pick. I was also surprised by that. I don't know why. It's definitely, I, in my opinion, the best strategy game there, but I was just surprised that that won. It's I'm great. also extra, I'm elated that the XCOM 2 uh, expansion or DLC or whatever you want to call it is was listed in there just just so Mario and Rabbids Kingdom Battle could beat it. Yeah. Um, I'm probably a good five to seven hours into uh, World 2. I Just maybe halfway through World 2. How okay. many worlds are there? Four. Four, okay. Um... Yeah, and I'm 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 elated that uh, Mario and Rapids won over yeah. XCOM's expansion. Yeah, and t- Total War Warhammer Two. That's pretty big. Tooth and Tails kind of uh, that's a that's an indie game that's uh you know kind of come out of nowhere. And then Halo Wars Two obviously is is Halo Wars Two. So it's awesome, awesome. Yeah, winner. Tooth and Tail is another one. I I uh, so as of today, um, I was listening to Kotaku's. They do like all the games that came out this year uh, for their split screen podcast. And um, I started when they were going through the games, I started listing the ones I had played and hadn't played just because that's the best way for me to do the thummy awards. Yeah. And uh, Tooth and Tail was one I missed. So I'm going to add it to the games I didn't play because I think it could be eligible for yeah. some of our some of our awards. I watched some gameplay video on it. It seems awesome. I really like the the setting and stuff for it. Um it seems like a like a simplified no no frills strategy game, but I think that works for for the type of game that it is. So, next category, best family game for the best game appropriate for family play, irrespective of genre or platform. The nominees are Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, Super Mario Odyssey, Mario and Rabbids Kingdom Battle, Splatoon 2, and Sonic Mania. With the winner being Super Mario Odyssey. So that was what's, all Nintendo minus Sonic. <laughs> what's Sonic? What is it? Sonic Sonic Mania. Oh, on on the I'm looking at AXS.com and it, they're calling it S O N I M A N I O Sony Mania. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know if that's a typo or that's not. It's known that colloquially somewhere. Yeah. Um. Good, good pick. I guess yeah. I don't really know what would be better. So, yeah, no, I agree. That. Best fighting game for the best game design primarily around head-to-head combat. Nominees are Nidhogg Two, Tekken Seven, Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite, Injustice Two, and Arms. With the winner being Injustice Two. I know very little about Injustice. I did play Arms. I played the original Nidhogg. But that's it. Yeah, I don't have much uh, commentary on that one. We almost need to bring on like a fighting game person. Yeah, 
and like a racing game person just to fill in those, well, those we have, holes. We have a few holes, I think. Esports. Perhaps fighting games is one of them. Esports. MMORPGs we can't really get into because of the, the time and money commitment. So We almost need to create um, a like correspondence list. You know, we have our E3 correspondent. Yeah, uh, we need to do that for these areas just so when maybe something newsworthy happens or a big game comes out that we are just so out of the loop with, we can uh, invite them in. That's a good idea. Because we, we definitely have some blind spots. You Single player games, we got you covered. Got them covered. <laughs> Soccer, got gotcha. you. Yeah. Sports games, yep, we've got you covered. Uh, oh. Role playing games, we're pretty good on those too. Yep. Uh, incidentally, next category is best role playing game for the best game designed with rich player character customization and progression, including massively multiplayer experiences. The nominees are South Park, the fractured butthole persona five final fantasy 15. What? Final fantasy 15. Didn't that come out last year? It wasn't eligible last year for their, Oh, awards. cause it came out too late. That's right. Yeah. Okay. Uh, divinity, original sin two and near automata. With the winner being Persona Five, um, yeah, Final Fantasy got shafted for sure. I don't. It didn't win last year. It wasn't going to win this year because it came out in December of last year. So yeah, I mean, who's still thinking about it? Uh, um, South Park. I was surprised at how how many people were cool on it. Mm-hmm. I played the first three or so hours and thought it was really cool and didn't have any of the issues that uh, bugs wise that a lot of people were complaining about. So. Yeah. I don't know what I missed there. Uh, Persona I did not play. I think I'm surprised Nier didn't win, I guess. Oh, or Divinity. I don't know. I guess yeah. I need to play a Persona 5 to really have a meaningful opinion on this. But, I mean, Nier is getting tons of love in the in the circles that I follow. And I know... People uh, were pissed that it wasn't on Game of the Year. That PUBG yeah. was on over Nier. Yeah. Pissed a yeah. lot of people. It's a very strong, strong community of near fans. So yeah, uh, I've played near and it's awesome. So mm-hmm. <laughs> played Divinity too, and it's also awesome. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I didn't play any of those other games. I really do want to play Persona Five though. Um, just watching gameplay videos of it, it looks fantastic. So. Mm-hmm. Some someday. All right, best action adventure game. Uh, for the best action adventure game combining combat with traversal and puzzle solving, the nominees were Super Mario Odyssey, Horizon Zero Dawn, Uncharted The Lost, Lost Legacy, The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild, and Assassin's Creed Origins. And the winner was Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. Eh. <laughs> eh. Okay. Fair enough. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to talk too much about these t- either because I don't want to spoil anything for our Thummy Awards. You know, I don't want to get too much into my thought processes on on these particular games, which is why we've mostly talked about the categories that didn't matter to us. You know. Yeah, this was best action adventure game. Was that the action category? adventure? Yep. Okay. Yeah, I could. I guess I could see that. I would. I, I would put uh, Zelda in Horizon One A and One B. Huh. Um. It's tough. I mean, action adventure is such a broad category. It is. You know, because if you just put in the word platformer, then Super Mario Odyssey would win, right? Right. So, I don't know. Yeah. 
Okay. Semantics. That's why is, I like I like our awards. They're more mood based than you know just not just that, but we straight we also hash semantics. it out kind of in front of everybody. Yeah. You know, at least get you know cover our thought processes behind what what we picked and why. Because uh, we can go long form, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, best action game. So the be- for the best action game in action genre fo- fo- action genre focused on combat, the nominees were Wolfenstein Two, Prey, Neo, Destiny Two, and Cuphead, and the winner was Wolfenstein Two. I only played Cuphead out of those, so yeah. Um, Again, action is pretty close to action adventure. I guess I'm glad Cuphead didn't win. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I have not played Wolfenstein. That's on my maybe play this year, but we're running out of time. We are running out of time. Um, We have a little over a week left. Yeah. Our awards have to be submitted on the, what did I tell you today? 26th. 26th, yeah. The morning of the 26th. So that leaves about a week and a half, yeah. Oh, man. I know. So much more I want to play. Bummer. I feel, I feel like we just like ran out of time all of a sudden. Well, I think, I mean, you've done a pretty good job of playing a lot of different games this year. For me, like, I struggled uh, with games this year, which I, I talked quite a bit about at length on yeah. some of our episodes. So, like, it's kind of guilt now. It's like, oh, my God, I'm so far behind. There's so many games I want to play. I want to give everything its fair shake. Um, it's just tough. I don't know. Yeah. I probably did play the biggest variety this year. Yeah, you, you don't. Say, I, played, I played most of the big release, most of the big releases that we covered, anyway. Yeah. All right, best VR or AR game for the best game experience, playable and virtual, or augmented reality, irrespective of platform. The nominees are Farpoint, Lone Echo, Echo Arena, Star Trek Bridge Crew, Super Hot VR, and Resident Evil Seven Biohazard. And the winner was Resident Evil 7. I could totally understand that. The game as, was scary as hell. Uh, yeah, as someone who also got to spend about a half an hour in virtual reality uh, over the summer. Uh-huh. Um, and also who had played Resident Evil 7 Biohazard. Dan and I both uh, beat that game, right? I did not beat it, no. Oh, you didn't? Okay. No. Um, yeah, so certainly extremely spooky. I'm surprised I didn't hear more about Star Trek Bridge Crew. That's a game I was really excited about. Uh, It's right up my alley. I wish I had friends who would be like down to do that with me because I think that would be so much fun. Yeah. But uh, you get a lot of weird looks when you explain to people what that is and they're like, what is wrong with you? Once you can play it on uh, mobile VR, I'd be willing to do it. I think that's the way to do it too. Absolutely. I, I just don't think the standalone devices are going to pan out. I think it's going to, it's once phone processing gets good enough that you can just slap it into a headset. I think that's when VR will become more mainstream. Yep. It's too much to have another. Well, a lot of people that, you know, that I follow in the gaming community, they don't even, they don't play their VR things They're like, yeah, when people come over, I show it to them and then it's, it's it collects dust for months yeah i guess why would you too you know it's it's just such a such an effort to yeah 
I mean, we talk about the convenience of the Switch. Virtual reality is oh my the God. opposite of that. Oh, it's way opposite. Yeah. Way opposite. Okay. Uh, best handheld game. For the best game playable on a dedicated portable gaming system. Now, the Switch games were not on here. Uh, which That's is bullshit I think, to me. I, I think so, too, because uh, I mean, we talked about it when we were coming up with our categories. Literally, Nintendo designed the switch to be a portable gaming system and a home gaming system so i feel like it got a little bit shafted here so these are all 3ds games these are all 3ds games i believe ridiculous yes all nintendo games too um yeah every one of them's 3ds so the nominees are ever oasis monster hunter stories poochie and yoshi's woolly world fire emblem echoes fire emblem echoes shadow of valentia and metroid samus returns with Metroid Samus Returns winning. Yeah, how old is the 3, 3DS now, Dan? 2009? Yeah, I mean, it's been out a while. Uh, yeah, probably eight years, maybe. Did it come out in 2010? I, think I feel so. like it came out right before we started the podcast. That sounds right. Maybe right after. It was right around there. Uh, yeah, kind of a bummer. I wonder, I wonder if Nintendo did any uh, campaigning to... <laughs> make the switch eligible for this category or maybe they, not if because they're really the only handheld in in town so maybe they wanted their 3ds games getting attention that's a good point they're like hey the switch is doing just fine yeah <laughs> 10 million copies sold already or 10 million units sold already let's sell another 10 million 3ds's uh with this award category yeah because i don't know that the vita's had anything but like indie releases and like uh it's a big visual novel system too a lot of Japanese visual novels go on that. So nothing that would be eligible for best handheld game. That's a bummer. Uh, have you played any of these? No, I don't have a 3DS anymore. I traded in a little while ago. Yeah, me neither. All right. Best mobile game. The no- uh, for the best best game playable on a dedicated mobile device, the nominees were Hidden Folks. Old Man's Journey, Super Mario Run, Fire Emblem Heroes, and Monument Valley 2. The winner being Monument Valley 2. How Super Mario Run got on this list is beyond me. Yeah. Um, I have recently started playing Old Man's Journey. I haven't played Monument Valley 2. I don't know if I will. I wasn't crazy about the first Monument Valley. And if this experience is similar, then I have zero interest. If they change it up a bit, then maybe I'd be interested in. But that that whole like super simple puzzle thing just I don't know, it doesn't really do it for me. Yeah. I don't know anything about hidden folks. Uh, and nope, I think all right. you played a good amount of Fire Emblem Heroes. Yes, I did. I played Fire Emblem Heroes, I played a little bit of Super Mario Run. And that's it. I will look into Old Man's Journey though. Because I've um, I've heard multiple things about it. Yeah, I'll talk a little bit about it in our what we played category. I probably only played it for 30 minutes or so, but enough to get the gist of it. All right, next category is best ongoing game. Uh, so this is awarded to a game for outstanding development of ongoing content that evolves, evolves the player experience over time. The nominees were Warframe, Rainbow Six Siege, Grand Theft Auto Online, Destiny 2, PlayerUnknown's Battlegrounds, and Overwatch. And the winner was Overwatch. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, 
I mean, I'm glad they went. That's the only game game on here that I play on occasion. Uh, I don't think Destiny Two should have been on there, and I don't think PUBG should have been on there, only because they recently came out. Um, it's hard to consider a game ongoing like Destiny Two that came out two months ago. You know. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, I've heard nothing but great things about Warframe. It is basing this on like current active player count or something. I don't know. Uh, I think it's it's partially that, but I think it's also um, you know updates, uh, responding to player input, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not surprised. Uh, not surprised. Blizzard won this, I guess. So, yeah, whatever. Yep, good on them. Games for Impact is the next award uh, so for a thought-provoking game with a profound pro-social meaning or message the nominees were what remains of edith finch hellblades newest sacrifice please knock on my door night in the woods life is strange before the storm and bury me my love yeah okay so it is bury me my love mm-hmm. that is the also another game i've played that i can talk a little bit about in what nice. we played um go ahead the winner is hellblades newest sacrifice Somebody needs to play that. I agree. I totally Before agree. The end of the year. Um, it, it deals a lot with mental illness. So that's that's their impact part of it. Yeah, I, I could see myself really liking that game. Um, I have played Bury Me My Love. Uh, I bought Life is Strange Before the Storm. Which we will probably we, all play by the end right. of the year. My uh, my lady friend told me she would play it with me, although when I bought it and was like, okay, let's play, she's like, eh, I don't want to right now. So, <laughs> who so knows? Playing but, it by yourself? Well, I don't want, I don't really want, I have zero interest in playing it by myself, to be honest. When I asked her about it and she said, oh yeah, I'll play it with you, like that, I was excited and I was like, okay. And I bought it, it was only 16 bucks on Steam for the three episodes. There's only three episodes. So, um, I do want to play it with her, but who knows? Absolutely. I don't know what Please Knock on My Door is. Do you know that one? No. Okay. Uh, I don't really know anything about most of these. Yeah. Good on them. I've heard good things about Hellblade, and I I am going to play it at some point. Uh, Next one is Best Performance. So this is awarded to an individual for voiceover acting, motion, and or performance capture. The nominees were Laura Bailey, for Uncharted The Lost Legacy, Melinda Yergens for Hellblade, Claudia Black for Uncharted The Lost Legacy, Ashley Birch for Horizon Zero Dawn, and Brian Bloom uh, for Wolfenstein 2. Now this is cool because this award was, uh, the 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 present, presenter for this award was Andy Serkis, which was kind of cool. Perfect. Yes, yeah, it was Snoke. perfect. <laughs> yeah. Snoke. Snoke, Gollum. Yep. Uh, and the winner was Melinda Jurgens from Hellblade um, as as Senua. What was cool was when she first she first came up on stage, uh, she was kind of starstruck by Andy Serkis. She's like, "I'm a huge fan of your work." Like it was it was a, it was one of the many uh, I thought touching moments during the Game Awards. Uh, she was very excited because she had never done any kind of acting before. She was just someone that worked for for the the Ninja Theory, and uh, I don't know how they ended up getting her to be the 
the performer for the for the character Sanua, but that's she's like I've never done any acting before. I'm so glad Ninja Theory gave me gave me the opportunity to do this. Um, so that was awesome. It's a very very nice moment. Yeah, again, like I haven't played any of these games other than Horizon, and I thought Aloy's voice actress Ashley Birch was awesome. So. To me, that's obviously my pick, but again, I haven't played any of these other games, so I really have nothing to compare it to. I just kept thinking Chloe when I was playing Horizon Zero Dawn. I could not get Chloe out of my head. I did not even know until you pointed that out that that was the case. Chloe yes. from Life is Strange. Yep. So yeah, that's that's my thing. Like When I hear a voice that I recognize, it just sticks in my head and I can't get it out. And I have to figure out where the voice is from. And that's, you know, that's where it was from. It was the same thing like when I hear John DiMaggio and something else. Like, oh my God, that's Bender. And I just can't get that out of, I can't get it out of my head. Uh, fair enough. Any, anywho, uh, best audio design. So this is recognizing the best in-game audio and sound design. The nominees are Resident Evil 7 Biohazard, Super Mario Odyssey, Destiny 2, Hellblade, Senua's Sacrifice, and The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. And the winner was Hellblade Senua's Sacrifice. Sorry, so Fiona's having a little freak out for some reason. That's fine. Yeah, yeah. another Hellblade award. Wow. Yeah, I mean, I've played three of the other games uh, on the list. Uh, can't comment on Hellblade, but I played a little Destiny 2, which I thought the sound design was good on. But yeah, it's a. Nice award for for Ninja Theory. Yeah, I I mean I guess on this list, based on the games that I played, uh, Resident Evil, Super Mario Odyssey, Breath of the Wild, I would probably give it to Resident Evil Seven. Some of those noises really kept me on my toes the whole game. So uh, Super Mario Odyssey, nothing to recall specifically. I mean Breath of the Wild, obviously had that whole cinematic thing going on, so that would be a contender. But yeah, for me, it's Resident Evil. Mm-hmm. Next on the list, best score or music for outstanding music, inclusive of score, original song, and or license soundtrack. The nominees were Persona 5, Near Automata, Destiny 2, Cuphead, Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild, and Super Mario Odyssey, with the winner being Near Automata. I can personally vouch that the soundtrack in Near Automata is amazing. So it's pretty good. It's pretty it's good. Fantastic. I haven't played Destiny Two. I haven't played Persona Five, so I can't comment on those. But I would, I would pick Near, um, probably over these other, over, over the other games. As much as I like the soundtracks from the other games, um, it was just spot on. on yeah. The, Nier. Yeah. The only other one that stood out for me would be Cuphead. So, uh, but yeah, I, I think I'm with you. Near being the best good stuff uh next category best art direction for outstanding creative and or technical achievement in artistic design and animation the nominees were cuphead destiny 2 legend of zelda breath of the wild persona 5 and horizon zero dawn with the winner being cuphead no surprises there (laughs) deservedly so art direction yes that isn't that is an award that cuphead should absolutely win yep Best narrative. 
for outstanding storytelling and narrative development in a game, the nominees are Hellblade, Sinua's Sacrifice, Wolfenstein 2, Horizon Zero Dawn, What Remains of Edith Finch, and Near Automata. The winner was What Remains of Edith Finch. Interesting. I don't see Doki Doki Literature Club on here. but uh... Did, That might have come out last year. Did that come out last year? Did it really? I don't know. I It might have. Yes, I didn't even think about that. Now I have to Google that. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like that's a little too niche to be up for best narrative at the Game Awards. September 22nd, 2017. Oh, okay, yeah. Too niche. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> they can't have uh, QT anime at the Game Awards. Well, they they could, but not up against the games that it, it would have been up against, you know? No, like, what game, what game here do you replace for Doki Doki? <laughs> None of them is the answer. <laughs> Great question. All right. Best game direction or to a game studio for outstanding creative vision and innovation in game direction and design. The nominees are Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild, Wolfenstein 2, Resident Evil 7, Biohazard, Super Mario Odyssey, and Horizon Zero Dawn, with the winner being Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. Eh. I'm a little bummed on this one. I think, um, I don't know that Horizon won anything. It didn't. It got shut out of, of awards. So, like, this would be the one, I mean, if I was filling out my ballot, that I would give to Horizon. Not even as a sympathy, just as, like, okay, that game was awesome. Uh, and there's so much that went into it. Probably more than what went into Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. I mean, if you're if you're considering like an actual voice actress and, you know, all that stuff that has to go along with it and the universe that they created, like that's a lot to pull together into a tidy little package. Yeah. Uh, as much as I liked both of those games, I just think if we're talking like direction, I would give it to Horizon over Zelda. Mm-hmm. I disagree, but I'm not going to get into why right now. We'll wait yeah. till wait till our awards. OK. Um, yeah. So that's best game direction and last but not least game of the year obviously it's not the least it's the biggest award uh the nominees for game awards game of the year uh super mario odyssey player unknowns battlegrounds persona 5 horizon zero dawn and legend of zelda breath of the wild with breath of the wild winning legend of zelda breath of the wild game awards game of the year i think that was that was pretty much telegraphed since it came out. I mean, <laughs> I'm I don't, not yeah, surprised. Yeah, no, I would be shocked if anything but Breath of the Wild won anyone's game of the year. You know? Yeah, yeah. It's like the innocent. Uh, it's the innocent pick. It's hard to point. It's hard to point to anything negative about Legend of Zelda: Breath of the Wild. Yeah, I'm just glad PUBG didn't win. That was the oh one. That, that was the one that people were like, "That does not belong there." First no. of all, it's not out. It's in early access. It's it's going to be out on PC on the twentieth, I think. It's so. I mean, releases. I played it in October, mm-hmm. maybe. Uh, so rough around the edges. I know they've made some updates since, but very rough around the edges. Yeah. Like all it is is a good concept for me at this point, and mm-hmm. you know, with some decent gameplay, but. Yeah, I'm with you. It's it does not belong on that list. No, people wanted near. Well, that was the big one. Uh, Neo is another one that people wanted to see on the on the list. Uh, and then there's a few people that were upset that uh, Divinity Original Sin 2 wasn't on the list. Yeah. So, 
Yep. Well, you have to just wait for Divinity Original Sin 3. <laughs> then maybe. Yeah, but I, there's some there's some heavy hitters there though on the on the game of the year list, you know. It, there is. It's, um it was, it was a tough year. We'll get into it more when we do our our thummies, but for me it was um it was I think I already listed my games, although I haven't I'm still playing more games, so it could change, but for me uh I was less sure this year than I have been in the last handful of years. Yeah. I don't know how you felt, Dan. Um, were you pretty sure? Pretty sure. Okay. I struggled. Okay. Uh, so new game announcements. The first being Bayonetta three. Yeah. Super excited for that one. Uh, they announced that Bayonetta one and two are coming to the switch. And then, uh, they talked to Reggie fils for a little bit and, uh, they were getting ready to sign off and he's like, wait, I didn't just come on here to, announced that we're re-releasing Bayonetta 1 and 2 and then they cut to the trailer and it was uh yeah an announcement for Bayonetta 3 so super excited about that I don't know when it's supposed to come out but I know Bayonetta 1 and 2 are coming to the Switch in February uh that will be a definite buy for me the Bayonetta 2 especially is a brilliant amazing game um again we talk about gameplay uh you know that it's got gameplay like down to it it's perfect you know, gameplay wise. So, um, fade to silence. So fade to silence is a survival game. That's coming from, I believe THQ Nordic, uh, players will face eldritch horrors and harsh conditions. in The upcoming survival game for PS4, Xbox one and PC. I think it's coming to early access next week. So there's that one. The next one from Campo Santo games in the Valley of gods, it's uh it's an exploration game where it looks like you're exploring uh Egypt and the uh, ancient Egyptian civilizations. Is Campo Santo the ones that did uh Fire, Firewatch. Firewatch. Yeah. You can definitely tell it's it's the same studio. It's got just the same say. type of Firewatch art style, the uh cell shaded um stylized graphics. Interesting. Um, yeah. There's a very brief trailer uh, from the next game from From Software. No one knows anything about it. It was just like 10 seconds of like a thing and then just some words. Something to whet your whistle. A little, little tease. It just, yeah, just letting letting you know they're working on their next game. It could be, some people uh, speculated it was Bloodborne 2 that they were working on, but no one really knows for sure. Um, I listened to a handful. I listened to like four video game podcasts today because the the nature of the work that I was doing allowed me to to pay attention to both. And mm-hmm. one of them was IGN's Beyond podcast. Mm-hmm. And one of the guys on there said, uh, Bloodborne was perfect enough. I don't want another one. And I, I don't know how you feel about that, Dan, but when people say that, I kind of get really annoyed. Yeah. Like, you never know what they're going to put out, you know? Yeah. I mean... It wasn't perfect. A lot of people complained about the frame rate. If they could get Bloodborne 2 to run at 60 frames per second on like the PS4 Pro, I think that immediately is a huge improvement already. Yeah. You know? yeah. Um, so, but even there you go. Like, There's room even, for improvement. Right. But even regardless of that, even if the game was perfect, like what's your what's your perfect game, Dan? I don't know. You're putting me on the spot here. <laughs> anyway. No, but you would want more of that. 
Yeah, and even if I'm it's saying. yeah, exactly, and 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 even if it's not um, more of like that specifically, like give them a shot to prove you wrong at least. Like yeah. I, I just never really understood that sentiment that like leave it alone. Like I don't want to see any more of that. Like because they're creating something new doesn't take away uh, from the first one that you enjoyed so much. So like, what's what's the problem? Yeah. I don't know. Sure, they can bastardize the characters, whatever, but you still have that well, first experience, and they can't take that away from you. So, a game like Bloodborne, a bl- game like Bloodborne didn't really have characters, so to speak. You know, right, it's, right, right, right. Yeah, so like all the people upset that they're remastering Final Fantasy VII. It's like yeah. why, you know, why? I don't get it. Yeah, I really don't. Oh, I think it's the way they're remastering it. But who epi- cares? Like episodic. they're not gonna they're not gonna take away your your Final Fantasy seven nineteen ninety nine PlayStation experience. Fair enough. That's yours forever. So whatever they do, that's fine. Maybe you will maybe you'll hate it. Okay. Who cares? I don't know. Yeah. Well, that's fair. All right. They also announced Soul Calibur six coming to PS4, Xbox One, and PC. Uh Witchfire? was announced. Uh, it's from the people who worked on Painkiller and Bulletstorm. It's a dark fantasy shooter. Looks interesting. Witchfire. I like that name. Yeah, it looks looks kind of neat. Uh, World War Z was announced. Uh, based on the movie? Or yes. should I say novel? Yes, the 2013 Zombies Apocalypse film or book uh, should get or gets a game adaptation. But again, that's okay. the whole... I'm tired of the zombie stuff. Is Brad Pitt in it? Probably not. I don't know. He's too busy smoking. Uh, Updates for existing games. A way out. Oh, this was um, Yosef Ferris. Uh, This was the infamous award where uh, the guy says F the Oscars. I don't know if you heard about that, Corey. No. Yeah, he uh, he was a very candid interview. Um, he was he claimed to be jet lagged, but he was clearly drunk when when he was being interviewed by Jeff Keeley. He was <laughs> supposed to be talking about a way out, but he was he was rambling, and uh, <laughs> he started off the interview by saying, uh, you know, complimenting Jeff Keeley and his award show and saying "fuck the Oscars," and he gave a middle finger to the right right to the camera. <laughs> like, this dude's awesome. Okay. Uh, yeah, that's worth watching. If you don't watch anything else from the Game Awards, watch that because that's good stuff. Uh, but yeah, it's the co-op game from the developers of Brothers: uh, uh-huh. A Tale of Two Sons. Okay. Um, it's the one where you you play the two two characters that break out of prison together. And it's meant to be played co-op. Um, so they showed a video about that. But yeah, that was that was that was really entertaining interview. Vincent and Leo. Yeah. Okay. Um, there was a long, confusing video about Death Stranding. Yeah, I heard a lot about that. No, I mean it was cool. I'll give it that, but I had literally no idea what was going on in, in any of it. But uh yeah, it looks looks neat. Well, um as people like to do with these popular games, they do the second by second breakdown of everything that's happening and mm-hmm. uh Yeah, I don't know. I didn't I didn't see it. I'm watching it in the live stream right now, so this is my first experience with it, but it's nutty. People seem to be really excited about it, so mm-hmm. yeah, it, it looks cool from what yeah. I've seen. Looks it's science fiction, obviously. 
Um, next, Fortnite. So Fortnite announced a new Battle Royale mode. It's uh, 50 versus 50, which is really interesting. Um, and then there was a moment uh, that I thought was interesting. Uh, Jeff Keighley asked the developer from Fortnite about uh, cross crossplay. Uh, and the game developer seemed a little bit dejected, dejected and said that gamers deserve crossplay between PS4, Xbox One, and PC. They had initially had it, but it got shut down, apparently. Um, okay, I was going to ask you about that because yep. uh, coworkers of mine were telling me that they have a friend who plays with them on PC mm-hmm. and they're yeah. on PS4. Uh, oh, really? I think PC can probably play with both... Um, it, the way it works with like Rocket League is is PC players can play with PS4 players, but, but you they can, can also play with Switch players and Xbox One players. You can actually join a party. Oh, that's cool! Yeah, through the Epic Games launcher is how they explained it to me uh, that I could join with them and play with them. But I don't know. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I mean, at, at PS4 it generally is the holdout for the console crossplay. I think Xbox is obviously Xbox and Nintendo are already cross-playing with uh, uh, Rocket League. so. Well, when you're number one, it's easy to, to write yeah. off the little ones. Yeah, but it's still a dick move. It makes you look bad. Fair enough. Um, GTFO was announced. Get the... Yeah, it's a four-player co-op survival horror game from the developers of Payday 2. Yeah. Um, Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild announced that the newest piece of DLC, Champion's Ballad, was available right then. Uh, so I immediately went and downloaded it onto my Switch. I love when they do stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So, downloaded it right away. Uh, and that's what I played. That's what I'm going to be talking about for my, my week. What I played. What I played, rather, not my week. Uh, Metro Exodus had a video, gameplay video, or, uh, cinematic trailer. Can't wait for that. What is uh, that? Metro oh, Exodus. the new Metro game. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. Yep. Uh, Player Unknown's Battlegrounds release date for PC. Uh, they showed some new maps and whatnot. I think it's coming to P. I think it's the twentieth that it's going to be one version one point for PC, um, and then Xbox One. I believe they said later next year. So, yay. And then Sea of Thieves got a release date. It's going to be out in spring of 2018. So. I think my excitement for Sea of Thieves was uh, over with, like, at the beginning of this year. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I want to play it, but I don't, you know, it's going to depend on a lot of things. Yeah. This, uh, This Metro game looks awesome. Yeah, I can't wait for Metro. Love the the Metro games. So, that's all the awards. What do you think overall, Dan, as an award show whole? I thought it was awesome. Like I said, my my complaint, and uh, I read this a few other places and feel that it's valid, that uh, they need to announce all the winners. You know, they need to have a presenter for all the award winners and and announce all the nominees, give them their time to shine. yeah, but that's really my only complaint. I thought, like I said, the production value or the production quality was was enormous for this, and it was really good. And the the people that got the won the awards seemed thrilled, like almost to tears about about their awards. So I, I really think that this is 
going to be the the is, game award show. Is that good? Just because the Cuphead guys won four awards that they shouldn't have. What? So they were moved every time. <laughs> uh they they. I saw them for the first one that they won, and yeah. they were they were generally enthused. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, everyone seemed really excited about the awards that they won. And again, it's nice to get recognition for your hard work. Yeah. So. Okay. I'm kind of bitter about the whole Cuphead thing, but that's fine. Yeah. It's fair enough. Okay. Uh, anything else? I don't think so. I did not. Uh, I should have said this at the outset, but I did not watch a second of the Game Awards. So. How dare you? This is my first. <laughs> this was my first dive into even who won what. Yeah, good stuff. It was like I said, it was very well done, very well done award show. Felt very professional. Well done, Keeley. Well done. Anywho, nibble bits. You said you don't have any, Corey. No, I actually even went back and looked. I did not tweet a single thing. I don't think I didn't tweet anything either, but I do have a couple uh, free games. Who doesn't love free games? So Company of Heroes 2 is going to be free through the Humble Store. Uh, it's free right now. I just got my copy. Um, again, free games. Download them. There's no reason not to. Humblebundle.com. It's in the Humble Store. Will played, uh, and, uh, Will played Company of Heroes 2. I think he was pretty big on it. Yes. it's Yeah, it's one of the best best-reviewed like real-time strategy games. So yeah, good stuff. And then on Steam, free weekend for Homefront, The Revolution, and H1Z1, which I guess that's out now. I don't know. I know nothing about H1Z1, but it's free, so give it a shot. And that's all I got for Nibble Bits. Corey, how's your week? Oh boy, what did I do this week, Dan? What did I do? I don't think I did anything. What did I do over the weekend? I don't know. Um, I've been trying to play a lot of games, so more Golf Story, more Mario Rabbids Kingdom Battle, a lot of Hearthstone, actually, uh, which I'll talk a little bit about later on. But um, trying to think if there's any meaningful movies we watched. Oh, I watched the... Eric's not here, so we can talk all about Dragon Ball. <laughs> uh, I watched the first Dragon Ball Z movie, which is called Dead Zone. I watched that one. You have seen that one? Yeah. I awesome. had the DVD back in the day. Okay. Because I was watching it, and I'm like, why do I feel like I've seen this before? Yeah. No, Certain I had the cassette happened. tape, not even DVD. I had, the, I had the VHS tape. That explains everything. I was so confused. Like, it was the strongest feeling of deja vu, and I'm like, yeah. I knew that was going to happen without knowing it was going to, you know. Um, but it's really cool. Will and I have been watching a ton of Dragon Ball Z lately. I'm on the Frieza saga now. Um, but yeah, I watched that Dead Zone movie, and it's it's pretty cool because what makes that movie unique is the main villain, Garlic Jr., actually succeeds in summoning the dragon and wishing for immortality, which is what a lot of the villains want to do in the Dragon Ball Z series, but are unable to, but garlic junior actually succeeds at it. Um, so it's pretty cool to see how that plays out. And I sent you guys on our WhatsApp, the, the beginning of that movie, which is when Gohan has, uh, more or less, uh, some sort of mushroom acid, something trip after eating this fruit on this planet that the undead guy eats. 
And he's like, oh, kids aren't supposed to eat that. And then he has this weird like drug trip that is hysterical. I thought yeah, it was it so funny. Um, so out there. But yeah, I really enjoyed really enjoyed Dead Zone. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. I don't really have much else to share. Uh, we right. haven't done much of anything. I'm really excited to see Star Wars. Yeah, I've heard Eric, nothing but fantastic things about it. I know Eric snuck out tonight to watch it. So um, I don't know. I'm probably going to go see it this weekend at some point, And then I'll probably see it next week at some point. Um, that's what's nice about movie passes. I'll probably just go whenever somebody asks me. So uh-huh. I'm really excited. I've avoided spoilers, but uh, super, super enthused about Ryan Johnson's Star Wars movie. Yeah, I hope I can get to the theater to see it. I did, I never saw I didn't see Rogue One or um, The Force Awakens in theaters. So we did just watch rewatch both those movies the other night. Me and Sophie uh-huh. um, sat through them both. So nice. They're both so good. They're really good movies. I don't know. Yeah. I'm kind of worried about this Last Jedi because there's a certain simplicity to Star Wars movies. Um that I don't know that this movie carries or even George Lucas says, I guess this new movie has like 130 sets or something like that. 132 sets that they cut down from 164. Wow. And, uh, I guess even George Lucas had said like, that's way too many sets. So I'm, I'm kind of nervous that this will break the mold of, you know, your typical star Wars film, but, uh, I'm still excited to see it nonetheless. Okay. Anything else? No. Uh, I got a couple things to report. I also watched some movies. Me and the wife started... I mean, it's going to take a while, but we're watching through all the Lord of the Rings movies. So we started with The Hobbit. uh, Watched through the first... The Unexpected Journey, the first one, and then most of the second one, The Desolation of Smaug. um, Which I'm enjoying. I don't like the ending of desolation of smog. But other than that, I do like the Hobbit movies. I like that they can get more in depth with some of the lore stuff that's, uh, absent from, from the, the main trilogy. Uh, you know, talking about Angmar and, and Angmar's rise and, and all the other stuff that that's kind of happening in the background, um, throughout the entire, the Hobbit and the, and the, uh, Lord of the Rings movies that they, they get into a little bit more in, in the Hobbit. So that's what I appreciate about it. You do know that I have the, uh, excuse me, the Hobbit uncut film, right? Uncut Hobbit. I forget what it's called exactly, but it's the, um, they combine all three movies into one and cut out all the fluff. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, I I like the fluff. I do too. I enjoy the fluff. I'm a, I'm a lore snob. Yeah. So I like that stuff. Um, so yeah, I did that. Um, I'm on a mission to find Christmas music that's not awful. Uh, I don't know about you, Corey, but I cannot freaking stand Christmas carols at all. Yeah. They're terrible. You just need uh, like piano versions of Christmas. I could do that. But I started like searching around for uh, bands that I listen to and their Christmas songs. Uh, you know, they're not, they're not the happiest Christmas carols like uh blink One Eighty Two's is I won't be home for Christmas. Yeah. Uh, but it's a, it's a good song and it talks about Christmas. So I listened to that one. 
uh, My Chemical Romance does a cover of Mariah Carey's one that's really good. I don't really listen to My Chemical Romance, but they they did a good job with the cover of Mariah Carey's Christmas song. Uh, Dropkick Murphys has a Christmas song that's really entertaining. Uh, it's the the you know the guy talking about how much he hates his family <laughs> when they're all around for Christmas and what a bunch of losers and idiots they are. It's fantastic. Uh, there's a few others that I listen to that are good. Um, Panic at the Disco has a version of White Christmas that's actually pretty good. Um, dang, I, I was gonna make a list and I wish I had of. Yeah, bands that I listen to and their their Christmas songs. So like late nineties, early two thousands, punk, rock, yeah, pop, Christmas pop, punk. Song. Yeah, it's funny though because I was I listened to a local radio station that's Indian alternative uh, called one hundred point five The Drive, and at the day after I had been listening to all those songs, the the DJ that I usually listen to was talking. He's like, "Yeah, we haven't gotten into Christmas music yet, but we're going to be playing." And it was the songs that I had come across. Um, you know the the like I said the Blinkway two one the Dropkick Murphys one so yeah good stuff yeah oh uh, yeah because Christmas Christmas music is terrible and I also don't like the Christmas specials I don't like the Rudolph or the Grinch is okay um but yeah I just mm. think that stuff's just not very good I Charlie I know Brown. you you hate Christmas right. No, I've actually been good about not hating Christmas as much this year. But it's you not... used to hate Christmas, right? I feel like yeah. that was the source of some of our arguments back in the, the early aughts of Thumbstick Athletes. Because I love Christmas. Yeah. Um, but this is the first year where I'm like, I hate Christmas. And <laughs> You're getting old, that's why. Well, no, no. I, I, yeah, I, yeah. I, actually, I think that is it. Because um, I was texting our sister about this. And I'm like, I just I wish I could spend Christmas with kids. Uh-huh. Because adults have a funny way of like just being awful at Christmas time <laughs> and being bitter, and it it just ruins it, you know. Like if you're an adult and you care about gifts at Christmas time, I hate you. Yeah, I, I hate you. I'm sorry, but I hate you. Yeah. Um, you shouldn't get anything <laughs> at no, Christmas I know. time. It, I totally agree. It should be about the kids. Absolutely, one hundred percent kids or even charities or something like that like i keep trying to tell my girlfriend like let's not do gifts this year if you want to do something special and i'm not like this isn't really me but it's meaningful to me to like want to do something like that at christmas time you know go to a soup kitchen or just something like that i'm like we we just spent twelve hundred dollars on a washer dryer combo yeah let's not do gifts this year you know that's a lot of money that's way more than i would have spent on a gift for you like let's make that our christmas gifts and we could do something special you know even if you just want to go out to dinner or something yeah uh let's let's do that um or do something charitable, which is what I would prefer. But it's like, well, no, because it's not special if we don't get each other gifts. And I'm just like, I hate Christmas <laughs> now. This is stupid. Yeah. Well, my um, problem, my problem in the past was been has been all the traveling we used to do on Christmas. That's and another since, part of since it. Since we started staying home on Christmas Day, that's made it a lot easier because her parents are divorced, so we had to go to her dad's house, her mom's house my parents house then my aunt had a christmas and yep. 
both my aunts had Christmases and then uh, her family has a Christmas and it like it was a whole week of just running around like a crazy person. Uh, but like I said, since we started saying home on Christmas Day, that's made it a lot better for me. Um, a, a lot of my hatred for Christmas, too, is my absolute despise of winter. I hate cold weather. I hate snow. I hate winter. It's awful. Um, it's miserable. So that's that's part of it, too. Yeah. Yeah. And that's I mean, yeah, I don't know. It's just I'm with you on the whole travel part. And I try to put my foot down every year and say, like, I'm not traveling on holidays, period. Yeah. Um, I don't care where I end up, but it's just going to be one place on the holiday and that's it. Uh, of course, that never really works out. So, yeah. Until I have children, I should just make my own children, and then, yeah. <laughs> and then I can start, you know, settling yep. in on holidays. But I don't know. Ugh, it's sucking the fun out of it for sure. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I can't wait till it's spring. Basically. Yep. Bring on the nice weather. Yeah. Um. Dang it! I feel like I had something else I wanted to share, but I can't come up with it. So let's move on, shall we? Yep. What we played. You want to get started, Corey? Sure. So I played. Um, sorry, I'm going to put it up in the in the live stream here. Um, I played a little "Bury Me, My Love," mm-hmm. which I don't have a ton of background info on. I saw it was nominated for a Game Award, and I did a quick Google search, and I'm like, "Oh, that sounds like a game I would enjoy." So I downloaded it on my iPhone. I think it was $2.99 or something like that. But it is about a Syrian refugee um you play i'm not really sure which character you play you play the brother of this one girl who's trying to escape syria during the unrest that goes on and the way the the setup of the game uh it all takes place through this chat app location on your phone so you download the game which masquerades as a chat app and uh, your sister, um, N-O-U-R, how would you pronounce that, Dan, in Syrian? Nour? I don't know. Nour? I'm, yeah. not, I'm not really sure. Your character's name is M-A-J-D. Majd? Maj, yeah. Maj, uh, I don't really know. Uh, it it kind of just shows my ignorance. But that's what kind of what I like about this game is I would never be able to experience something like that without this kind of game. Um because I just yeah. sort of vaguely pay attention to global news and stuff like that. Like I get it on the periphery, but you don't really get uh, invested in it until yeah. like something like this appeals to you. And then you do, uh, which that's is sort of what I re- that's something games can do that really no other form. I mean, like a documentary can, but how likely are you to do- download and watch a documentary about that? You're more, much more likely to play an interesting video game about it than you would be to, watch a documentary or even a news special you know exactly and that's i think that's the appeal of this game is it's it it really taps into uh how people are engaging with media these days because Mm -hmm. it it does masquerade as a as a chat app so you're constantly getting text messages from your sister who's trying to escape the country uh and and you get a choice of what you want to say and that choice can be a text it can be an emoji of some sort uh, and then even in some cases, an image or something that you send to her. So you're like engaging with this person in the same way you would engage with all your friends on your cell phone through text messaging and stuff like that. And she'll say like, oh, my gosh, like I'm go- uh, um, 
what's a good example? Oh, I got to the airport and I can't get on the flight to Turkey. What do I do? Oh my God. How am I going to get out of here? So you're like giving her suggestions the whole, the whole way. And I haven't gotten all the way through it, uh, but it's really cool because she'll go uh, offline and you just have to wait till she sends you another text message, which is terrifying because you don't know what's happening. Right? Exactly. Yep. Oh, that's, that sounds awesome. Exactly. Um, perfect game, like perfect game for a 30 year old, you know, lapsed gamer in 2017. Cause uh, it does it, like, I, I feel like I'm playing a game. I can do it at the, my own convenience. Uh, I can do it when I'm at work because it's not like sitting in front of a, you know, PlayStation or something like I'm getting the text on my phone. Um, it immerses me in a culture and experience that I never would have been able to experience otherwise. So I'm, I'm pretty excited about it. Um, and I'm excited to see how it ends up because I don't know. I don't know if the suggestions I'm making have any difference in in what happens in her situation. Um, so, for instance, she today she was texting me and she's like, "I'm at the border. They're not. They're checking visas. They're not letting everybody through. What do I do?" Um, and my suggestion to her, and there was another suggestion I can't remember, but the su- suggestion I went with was pretend you're pregnant uh, and maybe they'll let you through. And they did. They ended up letting her through. I, I said, like, stuff some clothes under your shirt or something like that and pretend you're pregnant. And they ended up letting her through the border. So that made me feel good. But it is, it's kind of funny because, like, I'm constantly checking my phone to make sure I didn't miss a message of hers or something like that because I'm nervous. <laughs> if I do, nice. who knows? You know, I don't know how this game was coded. I don't know, you know, is she going to text me? And if I don't answer in a certain amount of time, she's going to die or something like that. So I'm, like, constantly paying attention and it's a really good way to sort of get me engaged with that part of the world um, without, you know, breaking uh, or what's how do I want to phrase it? It, it? It's a good way to get me involved with that part of the world without having to, you know, focus on the news or you know, stuff I wouldn't yeah. do otherwise, you know? Yeah, that sounds awesome. It's also available on Android. I just checked. So, OK, I may end up downloading that, Corey. And, and that was nominated great. for which award? Was it Games for Impact? No. Probably. Probably. I could see it being Games for Impact for sure. Uh, it does have that effect. I'll look it up. So while you're looking that up, the other one I played was Old Man's Journey, which I played a little bit less of, but uh, about a half an hour of. The I'm a little unsure on what it is, but basically all you're doing is tapping on the screen to guide this old man in one direction or the other. So it, it, it starts, was games for impact. It was games for impact. Okay. Yep. Definitely makes sense. Um, so an old man's journey, you play an old man who is sitting outside his home on the shores of somewhere. I don't really know, but it's a, it's a, it kind of reminds me of like Ireland, like on the coast of Ireland or something like that, like some European country. You're this old guy with a, you're this big dude with a flannel and a snow cap kind of stuff. Uh, and you get a letter in the mail, and unless I missed the contents of the letter, it doesn't really say. Uh, and you just sort of strap a backpack onto your back and you take off on this old man's journey. And you are tapping in either direction. And you're also uh, the only other gameplay thing you do is you can move the terrain up and down. It's kind of hard to explain, but basically all you're doing is you're creating a path for your character to travel to and fro. So if you're at the bottom of the screen and up above you is a hotel um, and there's all these hills to the right and left, you can 
slide the hills up and down and use rooftops to your advantage to move your character from from point A to point B, wherever you need to go. Um, which is just like a minor gameplay thing. This this game is obviously all about the story. So one of the first things I encountered, and when the title's Old Man's Journey, you kind of have an understanding of what it's going to be about. One of the first things I encountered was this couple sitting on top of a shack, like young couple, looking at the ocean and the sunset and you know being all romantic and lovey. And obviously you have a flashback of your own in the same situation um, when you were a young strapping lad. And then obviously it cuts back to you being an old grumpy man. So <clears throat> that's probably what the game's going to be all about is this man's reflection on, uh, on life. So another meaningful game. I'm not sure which one that was nominated for Dan. Do you know that was mobile game? Best that's mobile game. game? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm curious to see where that one ends up. I'll, I'll probably be able to play through all of that. Maybe not. I don't know. Um, the only other new thing I played was the Hearthstone Kobolds and Catacombs expansion that came out last Friday, I think. Um, and the, I brought up at the top of the episode, Dan, that I think you'd really enjoy it. And be, the reason being is that it is a dungeon run, a uh, single player dungeon run Neat. in Hearthstone. Yeah, so you you don't have to play against you know people who have figured out the game and have the best decks in the world. Uh, you're starting from scratch. You get a 10-card deck, and uh, the goal is to beat eight dungeon bosses. So you're playing eight matches. The first one is super easy. Your enemy only has 10 hit points and has a relatively weak hero power, uh, and they're starting you off with a very basic 10-card deck. Um, and I don't think I've ever lost against the first boss uh, with that 10-card deck. Based on the class you pick, you get a 10-card deck of a random setting of cards. So after you beat that first boss, you pick an artifact, and you pick another three cards to add to your deck. And the artifact is something that's always really powerful. It's something like your minions permanently have stealth, or you start with an extra mana crystal, or your opponent's uh, minions cost two extra. So right away, you get like a really strong... Uh, passive spell based on this treasure to carry through throughout the game and then you're picking three cards based on that so if you get something that says something like um what's a good example your your minions cost one less so then the three cards you pick to add to your deck would be something that would take advantage of that and then that continues through throughout the whole dungeon run so it's a single player experience you're building your own deck as you go and you're choosing these awesome high powered treasures so you're playing with cards that you've never played with before that are legendary epic whatever uh, and you're just fighting computer bosses so i remember dan your biggest complaint about the game was having to compete against people who have been playing forever and that totally eliminates that from the game that sounds I've awesome. Really, really enjoyed. It. I've I've sort of been addicted, and it's, it's brought me back into Hearthstone. And even when I go back and try to play multiplayer, um, I'm just like, no, I'll go back and play this <laughs> single player dungeon run. Uh, yeah. it just it's just easier and more fun for me. So how much uh, is it? I, it's free. Oh, yeah, you don't have to pay anything. It's just um, free, free mode. Yep, and there's a handful of quests uh, based on that expansion that award you card packs uh so you get a, like three or four card packs just by doing 
at beating some of the bosses in that dungeon run. Uh, and then there's a card back or something that you get awarded. You get awarded if you beat it with all the heroes. I think I've beat it with three heroes so far. Um, but again, super, super addicting, a lot of fun. Um, it's, it's, as far as I know, it's unlike anything Hearthstone has done so far. And I missed a couple expansions in my, in my laps there, but, um, it sounds like what they're doing now is every expansion is an adventure and card packs versus in the past, they would alternate between, uh, solo adventures and card packs. So they're just combining every adventure, every expansion from henceforth is solo adventures and card packs. Nice. Uh, and it's good to see like solid single player content as part of that. So uh-huh. I do recommend it for you, Dan. Cool. I will, I will check it out. I'll download it on my tablet. <clears throat> and just, uh, you know, just, just give it a few runs and see what you think. It's, uh, it's a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, other than that, I played some more rocket league. Mm, nothing really to say on that front. Uh, their winter whatever is going on now. You can unlock some stuff for their their winter holiday whatever themes. Uh, and then I played more Mario Rabbids Kingdom Battle, which I'm really enjoying. That game is fantastic. Uh-huh. Uh, other than that, I I purchased Life is Strange Before the Storm for Sophie and I to play. So hopefully soon we can get into that. It was only 15 bucks, which I thought was pretty cool for for the three episodes. Because um, it's, I think it was normally like twenty eight or something like that, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, it was a good time for 20, the twenty six, maybe. Oh, that's one thing I should bring up now: the good old game sale, the winter sale <laughs> went on this past week, and uh, they did something where you could purchase a quote unquote star, is what they were calling it. The star is three dollars, and you were given a random game with a value between three dollars and. 26 cents and 20 dollars and some amount of cents i don't know the exact amount so i was like it's only three bucks i will buy a star so i bought a star uh in the game i got its value was like three dollars and 33 cents and it's some game i will never play Uh which is a little bit annoying and i only did that because somebody's reddit comment was oh you know i bought three stars and i got this game, this game, and that, and they're all like awesome games that I had played and loved or would love to play. Uh-huh. Um, so who knows? Maybe that was just a GOG marketing person, <laughs> maybe guerrilla marketing on Reddit. But uh, that was not not my experience. I got a terrible game that I will never play for just slightly over the minimum uh, value, which was twenty six cents more than I spent on the stupid star. So <clears throat> that's it. Uh huh. Okay. Uh, the I I believe it's the only thing I played was the Champions Ballad DLC for Legend of Zelda: Breath of the Wild. Again, I saw during the Game Awards that it had launched, you know, that night. So I I downloaded it and played it. Uh, it took me a little bit to get used to the controls again. It's probably been I don't know three or four months since I played Breath of the Wild. So it took a little, little getting used to again, but uh, yeah, basically what it is, it's uh, more, uh, it, it's a story DLC. So you're, I guess it gives you a little more background on the champions that, that uh, the, the champions for the four divine beasts, um, more, more uh, uh, shrines to do uh, new gear, 
Um, and the end result is getting a motorcycle for Link, which is uh, it was phrased as Link doesn't have a divine beast to help him against Ganon, so this is the motorcycle is technically uh, Link's divine beast, his own personal divine beast. So hmm. um, I am very close to unlocking the motorcycle, and I can't freaking wait. I've probably put 15 hours into the DLC this week, I would say. So I've heard it's really hard. Some of the stuff is really hard, yes. Uh, but as with the the way Breath of the Wild works, uh, you can definitely uh, use some jank and uh, some tricks to get past some of the harder parts, which I which I ended up doing, like which that. is as as fun for me as you know doing it the right way. So I actually some of the puzzles that I had trouble with. Uh, one of the cool things about the, the Switch now is the the sharing feature, sharing the 30-second clips. So uh, some people had some really creative solutions to some of the some of the new dungeons. And I was very impressed and wish I had thought of them myself. But, mm-hmm. yeah, good stuff. That's, um, that's what I love about Zelda. And what I wish, what, what, I, what I felt was missing from Super Mario Odyssey is the, the multiple solutions to any given yeah. conundrum, you know, and, sure. and uh playgroundy, I think, is the best way to explain that. And I, I didn't I didn't feel like Mario got um as far into that as Zelda did. Yeah. Yep. So yeah, really enjoying it. I'm I'm in the last dungeon right now, so I should be finishing it up maybe tonight or tomorrow. Uh, but yeah, good stuff. Uh so I'm hundred and twenty hours into Breath of the Wild. Damn, that's and crazy. It's hard to put down too. Once you get playing it again and get in, into it, and like I just got Xenoblade Chronicles too, and I haven't touched it since the first like two or three times that I played it. Wow! Not because I don't want to, but because I I need to get my motorcycle in Breath of the Wild. <laughs> you have to have it. Have to have it. It's crucial. There's there's one video that people were like uh, that someone made after they had gotten their their motorcycle, and they're like, yeah, that should be like official game promo material because of how badass it looks it's just a guy i think he's fighting for those guardians and it's just him flying around the motorcycle and lining up shots and then zooming in and crushing them from up close it, it looks really cool maybe i'll retweet it if i can find it i feel um, like it's a motorcycle is a little bit out of uh out of the lore i don't know i feel like a dragon yeah. or something would be more appropriate uh, yeah, a little bit. Um, like I said, it's it's a divine beast, so it's like a steampunk type of thing. Yeah. Some people think that 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 it's going to be the setup for the next Legend of Zelda game that it's going to be a steampunk open world game, which I that thought would was be, pre- that would be pretty cool. sweet. Yeah. yeah, I'd be Air, into that. Airships and stuff that would be awesome. Yeah. But who knows? Who knows what Nintendo's got up their sleeves? I do feel like they learned a lot in this Legend of Zelda. Uh, as opposed to the last one, so yeah, if they can if they can carry this formula through to a new game, I would be all on board. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and that's all I played. So let's get to feedback, shall we? Yeah, let's hit it. All right. So the first one is from Alex, who says. Hey boys, so with last week's episode you answered a question about guilty pleasure shows that you watch. 
Well, mine are Asian dramas. My wife and I watch tons of shows about Asian guys and girls who can't share their feelings with each other. And for some reason, I can't get enough of them. My favorites to recommend are Strong Girl, Bong Soon, and Mischievous Kiss, both of which can be found on Netflix. Also talking about Netflix, if you like Great British Baking Show, then I would recommend Chef in My Fridge, which is a Korean cooking show where eight chefs try and cook whatever can be found in celebrities' refrigerators. It's funny, and everything looks delicious. (laughs) (laughs) Moving on to podcasts, I recommended Hello from the Magic Tavern a while ago, and if you enjoyed it, then you'll probably enjoy a new show that's come out called Mission to Zix, Z-Y-X-X. It's an improv show like the previous mentioned, but it takes place in space. Cool. And lastly, games. I played the Monster Hunter World beta and it was pretty fun. Not a fan of most Japanese games, but I found this that this probably keeps my attention if I had a good group to play with. Visually, it's nothing special, but the uniqueness of the weapons was a plus. I started Mafia Three and I love that game. Crazy good story and great music. If you get a chance to play it, I highly recommend it. Well, that's it. Have a great weekend, Alex. Uh, curious to me how he does not like JRPGs, but he likes Japanese dramas. Yeah. (laughs) Strong Girl Bong Soon. (laughs) Mischievous Kiss on Netflix. That's that's interesting. Good for you, though, Alex. Yeah, that's fantastic. I'll have to, uh, I did add Chef in My Fridge to my list here and Mission to Zix. So I will, I will sample both of those and report back. I will try in my I don't have any free time ever so yeah I will very very much try Mission to Zix sounds awesome I've down I ha, I'm subscribed to Matt Hello from Magic Tavern I just haven't listened to it yet so it's kind of funny it's one of those things you can listen to the first to the two for the first time and you feel like you're fast friends with the with the gang so okay good to know <laughs> uh Mafia 3 I don't think any of us played Mafia Three, right? I don't think so. If if anybody did, I think it would be Eric. But yeah, I think you're right. Um, I know he was at least interested in it, but I don't know if he ended up getting it or not, and, or playing it. Yeah. So. All right. So we'll thanks, Alex. The next is from Tate, who says, "Hey guys, hope you're all doing well. I'm currently studying for my last final, and as you can tell, it is boring the hell out of me, which is why I'm doing other more important things like writing into my favorite podcast." Yep. By the time you read this off, hopefully, I will have done well on my entomology exam. Anyways, I haven't had a ton of time to play video games in the last couple of weeks, but you bet your asses I did it. Anyways, I subscribe to the Xbox Game Pass because there are a bunch of old games I would love to play again, but do not care to own, such as the Fable series and the Gears of War series. I already beat Fable 2, and I'm pretty far into Fable 3 now as well. I played all three of the Fable games in high school and loved them. I'd forgotten how fun they were. Uh, when I finish Fable 3, I'm going to start on the Gears games, which I'm really excited about because I only ever played the third one, and I loved it. Uh, what I'm most excited about, though, is Star Wars. I seriously can't wait. Mm. I'm really hoping they incorporate the idea of gray Jedi in this movie because I love that concept, and if I was a Jedi, I would totally go down the gray path. Which leads me to my first question for you guys. Number one, if you were a Jedi, which path do you honestly feel you would take and why? For this question, let's just assume there are only three paths, light, dark, and gray sides. Uh, and then number two, playing Fable made me remember something I love about these games, starting off with little money and not being able to make much, then slowly earning money until you can buy houses and rent them out, which earns you more money, than being able to buy shops, which earns you even more. Until later on in the game, you can buy everything 
every building and rake in the cash. This side work is something I love to do and brings me a sense of, a sense of fulfillment. So I'm wondering what are some of your favorite side quests or accomplishments you've really enjoyed on any games over the years? Thanks, guys. Hope you have a great weekend, Tate. Whew. Good questions, Tate. Yeah. So Jedi. Jedi question first. Um, light, I'm, dark, or gray side? I'm pretty sure I'd go light. And that's not just me sucking up to myself or anything. I just, uh, especially to like, I had a bad day today. <laughs> and part of my um, understanding of how the day went was just like the bad people prevailed and the good people did not was, was yeah. basically my takeaway for the day. And I'm just like, sometimes I just get, I feel so defeated because there's so many bad people out there who are succeeding um, and it just makes me so happy to see bad people fail. And uh-huh. that's part of what appeals to me so much with all of the sexual harassment stuff that's coming out without getting yeah. too deep into that, that stuff. Um, it's, it's really rewarding. Cause I know so many, like it's, it's genuinely... nice to see them get their comeuppance. You yeah. Know? And I know so many like genuinely awesome, good, nice, happy people who mean the best for the world and have just struggled to do anything because there's so many like bad people who are successful and I don't know, keeping them down. Yeah. Hold everybody down. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I think I would definitely be on the light side. I mean, maybe, I don't know. Maybe I'm totally off there, but, uh, me personally, I'm going, uh, the gray side. Not because, not because I fundamentally disagree with the light side, it's just that the gray Jedis seem to be more reclusive, which is what I would be like. I would probably want to avoid everyone. I wouldn't want to be part of the, you know, the Jedi order or anything like that. I like mm-hmm. to shun, shun groups. I definitely wouldn't be dark side. I'm not evil. I don't like hurting people or things, but I would just want to be off on my own doing my own thing. Who, um, Qui-Gon Jinn was a, a famous gray Jedi, right? Was he? I was, just thought he was light side. I I thought of what uh, what game was it? It was one of the knights. Was it Knights of the Republic two that you can't come across a gray Jedi that you can sway to be either dark side or, or light side? I can't remember I his name now. I don't recall. It was Knights of the Republic two. I'm pretty sure. Mm, maybe I didn't play that one. I can't remember which one I recently played. If it was the you first played, one of the second, you played one. the first one. I think you're right. Um. Yeah, I'm pretty sure like Qui Gon Jinn is considered a gray Jedi, and okay. what's his name from Force Awakens, uh, the blind guy, forces with me. Oh um, yeah, Force, he's considered a gray. Okay, uh, I don't even know if gray Jedi is the right word, but like gray Force guy. Not that's remember. Rogue One. Not no Force Awakens. Oh no, I'm sorry, you're right. Rogue One. Yeah, yeah, Rogue One. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, see, that's what what I would I would be like. It would be like that guy because, as I, you know, he's off on his own, kind of with some cohorts on a backwards backwoods planet. Yeah, that's where I, that's what I would do probably. I mean, I like to think I'd be front lines, but knowing the coward <laughs> that I am, yes, off on your own, out on the outer rim. Yep, leave me alone. <laughs> leave me alone. Ah. <laughs> uh... Yeah, totally. Um, 
What are some of your favorite side quests or accomplishments you've really enjoyed on any games over the years? I meant to think of these before, and I forgot You know what's funny? What immediately jumps to my mind is how much time I spent on side quests in Fallout 4 only to realize it was all for naught. Yeah. Ugh, I hate that game. (laughs) Okay. hate that game. Um, Oh, boy. Side quests. I don't know trying to think of my favorite i mean my favorite side quests uh, from recent games would probably be in from the witcher um take it taking witch, yeah. witcher and contracts that that you know had had an effect on the gameplay world yeah that's a good that's a good pick not even not even just the witcher 3 but like one and two the side yeah. quests nothing um, specific that. that i can think of but they, they i mean you could play through the whole game without really doing much witchering, but especially in the third one, there's a lot of witchering if you if you look for it uh, yeah. for side quests. So that that was always fun because you actually felt like you were being a witcher and not part of these huge events that were happening in the game world. Yeah, uh, Will and I just recently played through Final Fantasy VI, and one of my favorite side quests that we didn't do was the letters to the. Oh yeah, widowed soldier or whatever, where you yep. pretend you're. Um, that's one of my favorite favorite side quests in games, and we we did not take advantage. So I felt a little guilty there, yeah. knowing that she was this non-player character who has no sentience was waiting for my letter that I never sent. It was a little disappointing to me. <laughs> I feel the same way about stuff though. Uh, th- there's games that I'll be playing that if I let someone die, I'll restart because I don't want them to be dead or feel bad about things. Oh, what game was it that I played recently that um, something you say it's, it's, it's like life is strange. It's maybe it was, was it, uh, was it the game of Thrones telltale game where something you said makes someone feel bad. And I restarted because I didn't want that character to feel bad. About whatever I said. Doki <laughs> No, it wasn't Doki Doki. It was a little further, further time ago. Okay. But yeah. Yeah. Uh, Fable games are, are games that if Xbox really wants to make a push this generation, they need to have another Fable game, a full on Fable game, Fable 4. <laughs> I, I like the idea of it, but as someone who on paper Fable should really work for, uh, it never really clicked with me. Really? Yeah. See, I loved the Fable games. As disappointing as they were compared to the hype train that surrounded them, I really did enjoy. Uh, specifically, the second one, I, I feel, is the best of the Fable series. Um, Fable 3 was really good until after you win the revolution, and then it kind of tapers off after that. But, yeah. None of, them, none of them really clicked with me. And you know what I think of every time I, I play Fable games? I think of... Peter Molyneux. Well, no, I think of um, uh, Kingdoms of Amalur. Okay, yeah. And I'm like, this is the Fable game that <laughs> that wasn't, you know? Yeah, sure. Like, this would have been a great Fable game, but... Yep. I don't know. I, they just never clicked with me. I played the first one. Uh, I think I might have beat the first one. <clears throat> um, but yeah, that one, of all of them, definitely did not live up to the hype. Fable 2 was good. Fable three, I felt a little bit pigeonholed by, or pigeonholed is that's the right word, but uh, the choices that you made, I didn't feel like there was enough shades of gray in there that I was just like, I'm not really into this. Yeah. So, but it, still, that's one of Xbox's few. Like they have diddly squat for exclusives. Really, that's one they need to 
to raise from the dead. Yeah, but will they? Like, I don't think they will, but they should. Xbox is such a weird thing, and and there was a moment this past week where I considered getting a new Xbox, uh, um, solely for the Ultra HD player. Oh, uh, yeah. And, but then I'm like, I mean, that would be cool, but what games am I going to play on there? Yeah. I guess maybe if they came out with a Fable Four announcement and the the teaser looked awesome, maybe I would be more apt. But I'm like. That's the problem with that, right? Like, currently as it is, it's great that they have an Ultra HD player built into that thing, but there is no... I mean, what came out at the Game Awards? Anything? Anything Xbox that was that was like, I, I need to play this? multi-platforms. Yeah. It's great that they, they came out with that console, but they need to follow it up with some, some reasons to buy it. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I agree. I guess Fable Four would be a good one, though. So yeah, there's no. I don't. I don't know why they haven't. Uh, they, maybe they're working on it now, but they were doing that uh, asymmetrical gameplay. Uh, Fable Legends. Yeah, Th- that got canceled, right? And their game from Platinum Games got canceled. Uh, Scalebound. Like they don't have anything. Yeah, that's right. Anything in the pipeline. Twenty eighteen's got to be a big year for them. Otherwise, they're in trouble. Uh, the Switch is going to overtake it in no time. <laughs> Yep. The Switch by by one year the Switch will have outsold the Wii U. It's impressive. Three and a half years or however long. So it, well you know we're gonna get Mario Maker two in two thousand eighteen, right? Yeah, I'm excited for what the Switch has coming in twenty eighteen. Definitely. I mean I know it's Bayonetta. I don't know if Metroid's supposed to come out next year. Fight the at full Fire Emblem games coming out. Pokemon RPGs coming out for the Switch in twenty eighteen, so yeah, um, I think that's everything. So that was from Tate, and we were. It didn't get lost either, Tate, which is good. We got you this time. Yeah, we got you this time. You're going to be eligible for the game giveaway. Uh, Jake is doesn't didn't give any feedback this week, so he's Woo-hoo! not going to win this week. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing against Jake winning, but he he wins every week. He submits feedback. It seems like he won five weeks in a row. I think. Yeah. Okay, the next is from Eric uh, Reefer, who says, Hey guys, I had the flu for this entire week, and all I've really been able to do is lie around the house all day being a whiny baby. Do you have any suggestions for comfort games? Yeah. I know you've answered this question for TV shows in the past, but I'm already rewatching The Office for the 100th time. Uh, on this day in 1819, Alabama became the 22nd state. In 1903, the Wright brothers made their first attempt to fly at Kitty Hawk in North Carolina. In 1940, plutonium was first isolated at Berkeley in California. And on a sadder note, um, in 2012, 28 people, including the gunman and 20 children, were killed in a mass shooting at Sandy Hook Elementary in Connecticut. Yeah, I got that notification this morning. I forgot that was in December. That's a major bummer. Thanks for the podcast. Get your flu shots. It's a rough one this year, Eric. Pretty. I I would be curious. I I would maybe put this day forward as one of the biggest history like days of all time history wise yeah that's, that's a pretty pretty big stuff there. that's a good combination of things plutonium kitty hawk uh sandy hook you know yeah alabama the, yeah alabama. sure <laughs> running the gamut there yep but uh wow yeah comfort games 
Great question. You know what? You know what game I keep thinking about, and I was such a vocal opponent to it uh, prior to its release. But No Man's Sky. I think there's a certain uh, therapeutic feeling to that game uh, that I got when I played it originally. And I've tried to play it since release once. I think I booted, I reinstalled it and it booted it up and tried to play it and it just didn't click with me. But there's something about the simplicity of it mixed with the uh, exploration element that I think is a little bit therapeutic. Yeah. I think especially, too, if you get to a nice planet with grass and animals running around, like just right. looking around in there, that would be that would be a nice, relaxing, therapeutic moment. Yeah. Yeah. I had a few of those. I think I talked about that game being cathartic for me uh, when it came out. Yeah. For a little while. Yeah. Well, one of my favorite things um, with the Thumbstick Athletes is going back and listening to the episodes where you and Eric gush over No Man's Sky before it came out. <laughs> uh, to be fair, I did like it. Um, yeah. And I was going to continue to play it until I heard what the ending was. And I'm like, well, why am I even bothering playing this game? Well, I remember... Not you specifically. Uh, I'll just throw Eric under the bus now because I, I very specifically remembered it was his comment and he's not on this episode to, to defend himself. But him saying if all it was was traveling from planet to planet and mining, he wouldn't even care. He'd play it for hundreds of hours. Uh-huh. And that's exactly what the game was. And I'm pretty sure he didn't play it for hundreds of hours. Yeah. That's what you get for going to Star Wars, Eric. I w- <laughs> right. We're, we're, we're that jealous. <laughs> Three we're under the bus. Jealous, yes. Yeah. Um, I'm going to throw out Stardew Valley. That's my go-to cathartic game to play. Yeah. That's a good uh, one. The music is relaxing. It's very easy to like make progress and to see your progress visualized in the game. Um, that's, a, that's a really good one. You know, if you keep at it, that you'll be successful ultimately. Yeah. That is a good pick. I'm trying to think, what's the Hallmark movie equivalent of video games? I don't know. We could Just do a we could do a little Google search. Comfort food, comfort food, or games. Most I mean, silly games like Mount Your Friends. Arctic video games. That's okay. a good question. Got an IGN board. God of War and Punch Out. No, Ooh. not even close. Too Okami? stressful. Yeah, way too stressful. What about um? What's that, one where you, on that. what's that one where you consume everything? Uh, I don't know. What's that game where you consume everything and you just grow and grow and grow? I feel like that would be a good one. I'll put most relaxing video games. Cathartic is a little too expensive. Oh, to, uh, uh, flower. Flower. I will submit Flower, one of my favorite games of all time. PC's most relaxing games. We got Stardew Valley, Dear Esther, eh. The Witness. Eh. No, I would say that one can piss you off. Yeah, that's super stressful. I wouldn't. I wouldn't suggest that. Firewatch. No. Uh, Euro Truck Simulator. Okay, that's yeah, a good I can one. See that. Yeah, that's a good one because you just you just get on the road and cruise drive yep. truck and uh put your radio add-ons on there so you can get like <laughs> real time radio yep that's a good one journey is on there journey yeah definitely abzu 
I didn't play enough Abzu. I only played like an hour of it, but I could see I could see that working. I, I would yeah. still put Flower before any of those. Mm-hmm. Um, PlayStation game, Flower. Minecraft. Eh. Grow Home. I haven't played that one. I mean, Terraria would would fit into would would fit in with the rest of those. Yeah. Uh, No Man's Sky is on the list. Stanley Parable. Yeah, that's a little zany. And then Fez was one of the last ones on the list. Which that's another puzzle game that can get you upset. Are you talking about We Love Katamari, Corey? The yes. Keep growing. That's what I'm thinking of. Stardew Valley, Monument Valley, Elder Scrolls, Sky- Skyrim. No, I I could see it. Um. Only because I've I have played that game and like felt that euphoria of exploration where you know you're just climbing snowy peaks and and finding some nice overlooks and stuff like that. But yeah. that game and can then, also be super stressful. Yeah, and then you get crushed by a giant. Exactly. <clears throat> so that's all right. We'll, we'll try to find one more ten most relaxing games on PC. I mean, Breath of the Wild I think would be a pretty good. Yeah. Oh, are we talking PC specific or? Uh no, just that's what the art Stardew Valley's on here. Minecraft, Proteus. And no. Proteus is cool for five minutes, and then you're okay. like, oh, oh, there's literally nothing going on in this game. Okay, gotcha. I'm over it. Everything. I've not played that. I don't know. Uh, Euro Truck Simulator, The Undergarden. Not familiar with that. Oh, Abzu. Everybody's gone to the Rapture. I would put some um, some low key strategy games in there too, like Banished or something like that. Here's a good one: Botanicula. Botanicula. However you pronounce it, that's a good one. the The music and the ambiance and the sounds in that game are extremely pleasant. Yeah, it's got very nice audio to it. So that one I, I can I can recommend. Audio Surf too. I don't know what that one. Audio Surf that is. A game wherein you apply your own soundtrack to the game and then you play your soundtrack. So you, you, you pick a song from your iTunes or whatever you have and then you're literally like racing in a like guitar hero kind of rhythm uh, floor and trying to play along to your music. Gotcha. It's pretty cool. Yeah. That's a that's a good list of, of relaxing or cathartic video games. Yep. Good question. Because I do that too. Play video games to relax, de-stress. Don't always want to play something stressful. So Stardew Valley is my go-to currently. Um, so. Okay, that's it for feedback. Uh, game giveaway. Oh boy. So we've got Alex at number one, Tate at number two, and Eric at number three. Did I miss anybody? Just three. And the winner is Eric. Eric. Eric, aka Reefer. Maybe you'll get one of your cathartic games here. Ooh, that's we have highly, some of these on our list. Highly possible. One seventy-seven. Puzzle Agent Two. Um, what's Puzzle Agent? Puzzle game. <laughs> I've heard of it. Uh, Number 15. Here we go. Here we go. Oh, Action Hank. Why do I feel like we they just get the same games over and over again? I don't know. We need to start, like, just curating the list ahead of time. 
Uh, 78. Half Minute Hero, The Coming. Half Minute Hero. <laughs> it's funny. <laughs> this got us funny now that you pointed it out. 171, Europa Universalist 3 Complete. Okay. That would like, be pretty relaxing, I would I think. Like, eh, not if you have a rivalry with the Carpathian Empire. Fair enough. That's very stressful. And the last one is number 128, Death's Bank. Death's Bank. I have those games on on Steam. All right, Eric, your options are Puzzle Agent 2, Action Hank, Half-Minute Hero The Coming, Europa Universalist 3, Complete, and Death's Bank. Um, I also owe Dave, Batman Arkham City Game of the Year. Tate, I owe oh, okay. Road to Valhalla. Eric, I owe Eldritch. Alex, I owe B- Hazard Ultra. Jake, I owe Dead Space 2. Jake, I owe Brother Tales Two Sons from you, Dan. Jake, I owe Civ 5. Jake, I owe Brutal Legends. Jake, I owe Tales from Space Moon Blobs Attack. Tito, I owe Audio Surf. And Michael still hasn't gotten back to us on the games that he wanted from <laughs> like three months ago. So, Gotcha. That's all I got. Okay. Football? Football. Football it is. I think I updated football, Dan. Um what I did was I went into our email and I just put in the ones who had submissions. Uh-huh. Uh so if I missed any, let us know, but I think I got them all. Oh, okay, for uh this week? Uh last week. I haven't I haven't put in for this week. Okay. So what I've been doing and maybe this is how we should do it is once it's added to the spreadsheet, um the email should go into the feedback folder. Okay. Just so it doesn't get confused. And that way we know it's been been tallied. Uh-huh. Um Okay, well let's start with the Redskins. Did the Redskins win last week? No. Okay, so no points for you and Eric. Nope. Um nobody else had the Redskins, I don't think. Nope. Okay. I had Will had the Browns. Did the Browns win? I don't think so, but I will double check. I know I got my pick right, which is the first time in many weeks, but. Nashville's beaten Edmonton three to nothing. Nice. What was I going to, what was I going to look up? Browns. Did they win? Oh yeah. Last week. Week 14. Oh, I forgot there's a game on right now. There sure is. I hate Thursday football. Denver and Indy are playing. The Browns lost to Green Bay in overtime. Cardinals. Cardinals won. Yeah, they did. Uh, do you know what the line was? I can look it up. Closing NFL odds. Three. From, um, three points for me. Woo! Woo-wee! Uh, Ravens. Did the Ravens win? Baltimore Ravens. No, they did not. This was Jake's pick, so Jake got no points. Tito did not have a pick. Ryan and Iowa picked the Dolphins. Dolphins won. Oh, they did. They did. How many points? A lot. Let me. <laughs> I think it was ten. Ten and a half. Ten and a half. 
So catapulting him himself into competition, Ryan in Iowa with 16 and a half points. Nice. Wow. Um, Reefer had the Buccaneers week 14. Buccaneers. Uh, lost. Lost. Zero points for Reefer. Avenger Miguel did not have a pick. Did the Cowboys win, Dan? Yes, they did. They beat so the Giants. One more point for Dustin. You're up to five points. Uh, Dustin has the standing Cowboys pick. He gets a point for every time they win. Uh, the Colts. Did they win, Dan? No, they did not. That was the snowy game in Buffalo. Points for the Colts. That's all I have. Um, so, regaining the lead is me with 19 points. Nice. 19. <sighs> What's who? I'm in second, right? Uh, I'll tell you in a sec. Yes, 18 and a half. Okay. I'm just trying to figure out who I want to pick. Do you know what you're picking, Dan? You don't, I think you don't, so. You don't have to say, but I think so. Um. Oh, Kansas City, the Giants, at the Eagles, Green Bay at Carolina, Miami at Baltimore, Houston at Jacksonville. It's tempting. The Jets at Nolens. Yeah, that's a lot of points. Oh man. Yeah, fifteen and a half. That's like you might as well take home the victory if you get that right. right? Yeah, I know. It's real tempting, though. That is you know? super tempting. Um, I'm going to take... It's a tough pick, Dan. It's a super tough pick. It is. I'm going to take the Steelers over New England. Okay. Three points. Okay. Uh, you would be up next. I'm taking Chicago over Detroit. The Bears. The Bears. The Bears. Uh, Eric sent in his pick, correct? Cleveland, yep. He wants the Browns. We got, we, we got a couple Cleveland picks. Did Will send in his? I don't think so. Okay. I'll text him. Um. Okay, who else had picks? Uh, my wife did. She's taking Houston. Val and Endwell. The Texans. Yep. Uh, um, Tate had a pick, right? Yep. Tate and the Browns. Browns. No pick from Blake. I don't think I saw anything nope. from him. Dustin's nope. got the Cowboys. Nothing from Miguel. Did Reefer, a.k.a. Eric, send anything in? Um, he sent in feedback. No football pick. No football pick. Okay. Ryan in Iowa, I know did. What yep, did he Ar- Arizona. Cards. All right. Tito in L.A. did not send anything in. Idaho, Jake. Will's also taking the Browns. Wow. A lot of Browns picks. Idaho, Jake. Nothing. Nothing. Okay. I think that's everybody then. I think that's everything too. No new submissions. All right. That's it. Next week's episode. It might be Life is Strange. I thought that too. Uh, 
the the only issue it may be the last episode everyone right. getting through which does oh. not come out until the 20th 20th right? yeah then we'll be recording on the 21st most likely so we shall see we shall see um we also have waiting in the wings is uh former call of duty pro uh breezy uh, i can't remember his twitter handle now breezy something but uh, he's interested in coming on and talking to us. He just had a yep. big tournament in Dallas this past weekend. So um, nice. I think that would be fun for all of us to pick Absolutely. up a little bit. So that could also be a possibility. Um, if not next week, that can happen really anytime at this point. Because I think he's sort of thrown in the towel after the tournament. So. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Go well, huh? Not so well, but it wasn't all his fault. So Sure. Okay. Yeah, I, that would be, I, I look forward to that. That's, that's going to be cool. Yeah. Okay. That's it for me. Right. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, we're two weeks out, I guess, from the thummies for for yeah. now. Uh, assuming all goes to plan. So uh, that'll do it for episode three thirty four of the Thumbstick Athletes podcast. I'm your host Dan. Corey. Thanks for listening, and get out of my basement. One, two, three, four.